Welcome to the Turning Point Show, where we pull back the curtain on high-performance individuals. Here's your host, Andrew O'Malley. Welcome to the third episode of the Turning Point Show podcast. I'm your host, Andrew O'Malley. And just before we hop into the episode itself, I'd just like to say a big thank you to anyone who's listened to the podcast, subscribed to it, or given it a five-star rating. You know, it all all helps massively to get get the word out there. So uh, I really appreciate all your efforts, no matter what what shape or form it is. So uh, we're going to continue pumping out some great podcasts in the, the future. And, you know, we have another great guest on today, Jared Grossman. You know, it's hard to hard to know where to begin with Jarrett. He owns multiple businesses. He was a three-time All-American wrestler. And, you know, he's just an inspiring individual all around. So we touched upon a number of great different topics, such as how to structure your day effectively, how to get up in the mornings, uh, how to change your mindset and kind of get disciplined and stay on track and accountable towards your goals. So there's a lot of gold in this episode. So... Uh, Thanks again for listening once again, and without further ado, here we go with the third episode of the Turning Point Show podcast. Delighted to welcome Jared Grossman onto the show today. It's hard to know where to begin with Jared, you know, he's involved in so many different things. Uh, he's a three-time All-American wrestler, serial entrepreneur, having co-founded Muscle Prodigy, and, you know, he runs a lot of a lot of great programs on his own personal site, jaredgrossman.com, including a great master, mastermind group. You can find more about that at uh, mastermind dot grossman dot com. So uh, thanks for coming on the show today, Jared. Thanks for having me. Um, Appreciate it. So I suppose we'll jump in just to give people a bit of a background about yourself. So uh, growing up, uh, you talk about being a very kind of skinny, light kid. Maybe you're ninety pounds dripping wet. That's that sort of thing. So uh, I suppose I briefly mentioned that you're ended up being a three-time All-American wrestler. So. Uh, what sort of kind of shift in, say, mindset and just in general did you have from going from that skinny little kid up into being a All-American? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks uh, for uh, reading that bio. Great introduction, by the way. And, um, yeah, I was a skinny, 90-pound little boy uh, <laughs> in junior high. I got beat up by a kid younger than me, actually. And I uh, only won one wrestling match when I first started in eighth grade. And ninth grade, not much improvement in terms of my stature, my physique or whatnot, or my wrestling career. But then something sort of came over me. Uh, I had a uh, couple of mentors in my life. One specifically, his name was Max, and uh, took me under his wing uh, and taught me the meaning of hard work and, and all that stuff. I got into the gym. My uh, childhood friend, Richie Allen, sort of uh, brought me to the gym with him, and I was hooked on it. was able to double my body weight over time. I did three wrestling practices a day, sprints in the morning before school, work out at night, all that kind of jazz. Um, became a three-time All-American wrestler. That shift that you're talking about was just um, – a hunger and ambition inside me to want to make a change, uh, to want to um, actually make something out of myself, you know, to prove to myself that I was capable of something more. And uh, the work sort of followed, but it was in falling in love with that kind of process in a way. Uh, something about weightlifting sort of bit me, took a hold of me, um, 
I got that bite, that itch. And then it was just a matter of how do I learn everything that I could about that discipline. So I would literally any, any time that I would go into a bookstore, I grab every single like health and fitness magazine off the rack, read up everything on it, uh, Arnold's encyclopedia of bodybuilding, uh, all kinds of articles online. And these were the days before social media and stuff. And, and then I that that allowed me to transition sort of into a career in health and fitness in a way. Um, But yeah, that was the, the progression. So I suppose you you briefly touched on it there again. I, that so you actually ended up after so you did an undergraduate degree when you were doing wrestling, and then you ended up going to law school, and uh, it probably wasn't what you expected it to be. And uh, if you want to just yep. talk listeners through what you went through while you're at law school, and like how you you kind of decided to go maybe a different route than than sticking with the law. So if you want to just tell people yeah. a bit about that. Um, yeah, so I guess I went through a bit of a cyclical process in terms of, uh, my views on school. So sort of growing up, love school up until sort of like middle school, then it sort of fades a little bit. And then, uh, I didn't start loving school again until senior year of high school. And that was when I was getting, uh, very good at wrestling. And I just realized certain things about habits and certain things about how everything ties together and how you have to give your absolute you know, best. So that's when the sort of momentum started shifting. I got perfect attendance in school again. And then I took college very seriously. Undergrad, went to uh, Bryan University up in Rhode Island, small business school, was a finance major, legal studies minor, did well, did investment banking while I was in school, but realized that that corporate environment wasn't um, necessarily fulfilling for me. Didn't necessarily know what to do, um, but I did start a blog, Muscle Prodigy, with uh, my childhood friend, Richie Allen, who uh, helped me get into the gym uh, early on. And we decided that there's so much conflicting information out there in, in fitness, at least back then. And we decided to sort of debunk a lot of myths that were going on. Uh, that a lot of the magazines were basically catering to a specific clientele, which was more the hardcore bodybuilder and certain workouts in there were not for the, the average person and definitely not somebody who's looking to get in shape naturally, right? That was at least my mindset. So um, saw a need there in the marketplace. And uh, one summer, just I basically created a word, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, a, a website on Microsoft front page before WordPress uh, and built out like a 300 page website kind of over one summer and wrote a ton of articles on there and decided to go to law school. And that's where uh, I turned it into sort of a business with my business partner, developed the MP45 program while I was in law school, which uh, now is sort of caught a little mainstream attention, uh, fortunately. And, but that took, you know, a little bit of while to build up. Um, but, uh, I realized that law while, while I was in it, I was sort of passionate about it in the beginning. And then it sort of sucked the life out of me. And at that point I just realized I don't want to do something for the rest of my life that I would find a great deal of stress in. And there's two types of stress. There's something called 
distress and eustress, which is basically distress is putting yourself in a situation where the absolute best that can happen is you recover back to normal. Whereas, so think of disease, for instance, right? Eustress is where you actually get a reward from it. So I knew that, and, and to give you an analogy, an example of that, that would be lifting weights, right? You're putting your body under stress, but you grow back stronger. Um, so I understood that law school was the latter, was eustress. I would grow from it, but a career in law would definitely be distressed, that it was against my calling, my heart, or whatnot. So I knew that I was an entrepreneurial spirit and uh, was able to make a, a business out of it, uh, went out to L.A. and uh, gave a run for it. And, you know, years later, was able to start generating decent uh, revenue off of it and so forth. And there's been ups and downs, you know, like any other business and so forth. But, um, you know, finally have been able to kind of break through. Yeah, I suppose uh, that's how I first uh, came upon your content was probably must have been, what, maybe 2010 or 2011 or around then. You, you used to put out some content on, on YouTube and I learned about MP45. And uh, I, I say a lot of people, they, they mightn't recognize the name, like ne necessarily recognize your name, but like when they hear your voice, you have a very distinct voice. It's like kind of like, you know, like t Tony Robbins, these type of people have a very, very distinct uh, voice. But um. I suppose uh, wrestling has always been known as something that's been very, like the wrestlers are very hard work and they're very disciplined and, you know, they really push themselves kind of past uh, their comfort zones and into uh, exhaustion. So um, how did you kind of build up that level of discipline and keep yourself accountable uh, maybe when you didn't want to get up for that 5 a.m. workout or whatever the case may be? Yeah, yeah. Um Awesome. Great question. So sort of it was like building up into a crescendo kind of thing. Um, I wasn't very disciplined in terms of wrestling in the beginning. Definitely not. Just went to the scheduled practices, essentially. So I would do kind of like the bare minimum. That's how I sort of started. Uh, but then sort of this mentor, Max, came into my life and, you know, basically taught me that that's what everybody else does. So if you want to do something different, there's got to be a change in input and there's got to be more that you do. So there were off season practices. There were um, other practices where you could double up during the season weekends that I would go to Saturday, Sunday tournaments in the off season and so forth. So I put in a lot of uh, work outside just based on that mindset shift, just understanding you got to do more than somebody else. Um, Kobe Bryant touches on this a lot where he talks about, uh, and at a very young age, he was able to understand this, that if he woke up early in the morning, 4 a.m., got a workout in in the morning before anybody else did, that in, in a week, you have seven more workouts. In a year, you have 365 more workouts than they do. And then at some point, five years down the road, it's an impossible game to catch up no matter how much you know work they put in. So uh, it is a numbers game in that sense. Uh, and I was able to just understand that conceptually, apply it. I went to one of the most intense wrestling camps in the country uh, my summer of junior year uh, of high school, right after going into senior mm. year. And that transformed me, that catapulted me into another level to give you sort of an idea or an understanding. Certain kids that I would be sort of even with before I went to that camp, um, right after I would 
tech fall them, which is basically like the mercy rule. You beat them by 15 points and the refs basically stops the match. Right. So it, it was, it was, it was um, a ridiculous transformation that took place that one summer. I gave it my absolute all and just made a decision that I was going to, uh, and it was, a, it's a very intense camp about a third, uh, a third of the, the uh, campers basically drop out within the first week. And then, it's a slow sort of death after that kind of thing um, where about half stay on or so forth. But uh, it's, it's a, it's a brutal camp Four or five practices a day, hardest practice you've ever done in your life. So that built up a ton of discipline in me. And then senior year was, um, it was about instilling that into others. So that it was about getting my teammates up to that. Cause I knew that in order for us to, you know, have a great room for me to get pushed in the room, I had to get teammates to push me, or else uh, I would I would decrease if I, and not increase. So it was more about leadership qualities at that point, and uh, yeah, and then college had sort of the same same mindset, same attitude to go gung ho. And then uh, I had another mentor. My my wrestling coach in college was a two hundred eighty pound mammoth, six foot five. Very little body fat, just like a grip, like you wouldn't believe, like a strong man, like Marius Pujanowski or something. And um, he would just throw me around like a rag doll, man. So that, and, and to the point where I would actually be able to um, roll with him, take him down, turn him, all that kind of stuff. So that just brought me to another level as well. And uh, yeah, I was able to become a three time All American in college. So, yeah, no, that's great. I suppose as well, that kind of uh, discipline and you kind of, you saw how all that hard work paid off, and I suppose you probably brought it into other areas of your life as well, whether it was your your academics or your your business, and you probably still do it today. Um, I suppose one thing a lot of people struggle with is like it's very, for the most part, it's very important for people to get up early in the morning and kind of get your day started off on on the right foot. So, uh, would you have any advice, just or quick tips for uh, for people to? If you're yeah. struggling, struggling to get up in the morning and kind of just just get the, get them up and get them at attacking the day and building up some momentum. Yeah, ab- absolutely, hundred percent. And, and you're right. Um, here, here's the thing with uh, rituals, right? Um, and especially morning rituals and stuff like that. There's there's two types of motivation in the world. There's push motivation. There's pull motivation. Push motivation never lasts. So if you try to you know manufacture something in your head like this sounds like a good idea, you know somebody else has this kind of morning routine. I should do this also. Uh, it almost never sticks. And the, and the the reason why is because it wasn't, in my opinion, it's not real. It's manufactured in the head. It's not something that's internal within you, uh, and that has to come more from a gut decision. And you got to sort of. Um, you got to find your own routine, essentially, um, and you right. gotta you gotta start doing a lot of trial and error to find what makes you really hyperproductive in a way. But again, it's going to come from an internal choice of I want to do this, not that you're forcing it, that you're getting pulled to an ideal. You're connecting to a higher form of yourself, essentially, uh, and then you can make that conscious choice uh, where it's done more out of out of love, goodness, out of, then opposed to out of fear that you're feeling like the need of, if I don't do this, then I'm a failure kind of thing. Uh, that that's a fear based mentality in a way. Um, and usually that takes more time to consciously choose that aspect. But, you know, I used to be very, um, also regimented in terms of certain things that I would do every single day. Um, but then at a point, 
you 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 usually find resistance eventually to to it um and sometimes it's not best to fight that resistance but to understand it and connect with it and understand why there's resistance sometimes it's it's um leading you to follow your intuition in a way and 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 find something different that is going to stimulate you, give you variety, all that kind of stuff that we do need. Um, but my, my main recommendation for the first thing in the morning is to always attack your source of stress. And that will change throughout your life. That's when you have the most energy in the morning and you will be excited for life. If you're going to um, get up to accomplish something that you want to uh, improve, essentially that you want to make, you know, make a difference in uh, so at one point of your life, it could be finances at another point of your life. It could be your fitness or whatnot and use that mental energy that you wake with to attack that source of stress first thing in the morning. So if your business is, you know, not where it should be or whatnot, you should be, you know, taking out your phone as soon as you roll out in bed and checking your emails and writing and replying and you should, um, you know, check whatever communications platform you use or task management system and, and start attacking the day that way right away. And uh, some other things might need to go on the back burner. And then other times your business is great. It might be something else that you need to adopt in terms of the morning. Oh, that was a great answer there. Um, I suppose uh, one area that people kind of uh, struggle with, like I say, throughout their day, I suppose, first of all, uh, it was a great point that you made about people um, you know, having to have that deeper purpose rather than just have something fleeting that you, to get up every morning. Uh, early and consistently you need to have that bit extra that you need to be internally motivated in a positive way that uh, you need to strive for but um, what do you think the importance is of uh, being accountable to other people whether it's like in a, a mastermind group on a regular basis or like discussing your goals or your struggles with other people uh, what, what do you think the importance of that that is awesome yeah, so um, in terms of mastermind groups, just uh, getting involved with different people who are at different levels of life, obviously extremely important. And the best way that I can, um, you know, explain it is basically everybody. If you stu- the more you study people, you realize that certain people are great at certain things and they're deficient in others. So one person might be really good uh, in terms of business and and their finances are are totally in order, but then they struggle with emotions, certain emotions. Uh, there's other people who have great relationships, but they struggle with finances. And there's other people who have their fitness in order, but they don't know how to run a business or start a business, right? So when you get different people in, in a room kind of thing and you're bouncing ideas off of each other, the first thing that you get to do is pick somebody's brain in terms of why they're able to be proficient at something that you're not. And, um, it also allows you to impart that wisdom upon uh, what you're good at to somebody else. And uh, it's, a, it's a power of a collective. And it's, uh, it's powerful when you expose yourself. You know, it's different to just when you watch videos on YouTube, for instance, or you read a book, you know, that's great to take in knowledge. But at the same time, you're, you're not being vulnerable. You're not exposing yourself to your weaknesses. You're not allowing somebody in, in a way. Uh, there's a lot of power in that. And also you know, asking for help when our community is able to, um, you know, gather together and deliver information on this one topic to this person and say, you know, Hey, you know, John, I was in this situation 10 years ago. I, uh, had to do all all kinds of things that I didn't want to do at the time, but here's how I was able to do them. 
uh, this is what helped me, so forth. Right now, you um, you get those mindset shifts. You get the ability to make a, a real breakthrough, and uh, it's a it's a powerful thing. Yeah, yeah, I know definitely from my own personal experience. Just say uh, even in an informal setting, that's great. Just to have someone that you can bounce ideas off, or maybe there's something uh, on your mind you want to you want to talk about, or just just have someone just to listen to you. Um, yeah, no, it's great. Uh, I definitely have to get involved in mastermind group myself, so I'll definitely be looking at look, checking out your one. But um, I suppose one thing you touched upon was uh, people struggling with their emotions. Um, you know, whether it's uh, different things holding them back. That's kind of uh, that's you know they they can string a week or two together. Say for example, their their health, their dieting, their their workouts. They can string a couple of weeks together, but something internally it kind of drags them back down into the the muddy pit of binge eating and lack of exercise so what would you say to someone or what would your process be if you're kind of dealing with a client and they're struggling with this this type of issue um like what would you recommend to kind of get to identify what that kind of deeper deeper emotional issue may be yeah okay so and another thing with like the mastermind group for instance reason why it is so powerful is because it's a platform that allows you to get out of yourself also and and help somebody else. And the secret to to living is really giving. Um, The the name of the game in life is not to focus on on me. And the more that I focus on, on me, the best way to put it is we have a certain capacity within us in terms of our mental faculties and our mental power. And some people have more than others. But if I'm focused totally internally about what's going on with me and what's wrong with me, as soon as I fix one problem, my brain's going to come up with another problem that's wrong with me, right? Mm -hmm. And life will support you because you're taking care of yourself, but not more so than if you're willing to take care of other people. So the name of the game is to get out of yourself and to start helping and serving. So most um, emotional issues come down to um, feeling sympathy for themselves, right? And, and basically the, the why me? And that comes down to a subconscious question in, in a way. We all have a primary subconscious question that we have usually going on. And most people who are in a negative mind frame usually have the subconscious question of, you know, what's wrong with me? Why me? Why is this happening to me? Why is this world an evil place? Why, why can't anything work, right? Those, this is the, the, the frame or the lens in which they're viewing the world. And it isn't until you change that subconscious question uh, and identify it first, really, so to to actually shift it to something really positive. Um, and yeah. then once you once you do, now you see the world in a different lens. Uh, then you realize all the things that are working for you, not against you. So things that happened in your past, for instance, that caused depression in the past, you're now reframing it to realize, oh, this actually was a blessing because it made me who I am today. It forged my character. It made me stronger. I wouldn't have learned that lesson if that didn't happen, all this kind of stuff, right? So now you're seeing the world positively, and it's ultimately being able to see the world uh, as one force. What we like to do is we like to view it as sort of like this uh, polarity consciousness, right or wrong, good or bad kind of thing. But um, infinite intelligence really understands that it's a divine presence in all things. And even even um, in things that we think are bad, there's something positive that you can extract from it. And you have to demand that out of yourself. Um, And the more that you're able to do it, even in things that are that 99 
percent of the population views as bad, if you're able to extract a little positive, you become more resourceful than anybody on the planet. So it's a matter of uh, training them to to spot those things. Yeah, yeah. Because I think uh, you know, it's that on day to day life that uh, like different people have such polar opposite kind of mindsets, where some people, as you say, can take the positive out of even the worst situations, whereas other people are seem just to be negative all the time. And you know, it's it's amazing how much of a difference there is uh, just between the general population. You talked about giving value to people. You, it was a last year, year and a half ago or so, you set, it was probably two years ago now, you set yourself a challenge to uh, release a video every single day on YouTube. It was at the 365 uh, day challenge and pretty much you pumped out a piece of content every day, like a very valuable piece of content as well. I know you, it helped your channel a lot and now you're over 100,000 subscribers on YouTube as well. Like the, Your main focus obviously was helping other people and you just have to read the comments of the videos, see how much they did help people. So what, what was your idea behind doing that challenge and giving that bit of value back to back to the people? Yeah, um, awesome. Yeah, so I did uh, embark on a little journey there and uh, it was uh, one of the most enlightening times of my life um, to demand that out of myself, to come up with an interesting mm -hmm. topic every single day that was insightful and could pump people up and uh, could give them some form of wisdom that they could walk away with to actually make a, a real change in their life, not just talk about some fluff um, that, mm. that challenged me to uh, another level kind of thing. Um, I just, how I started it, I, I literally heard a, a voice, right? Um, inner voice, whatever you want to call it, God, yeah. right? Intuition um, that you, you got to commit to something, you know, very serious and uh, do a video every single day for a year. And I didn't come out right out of the gates and say I would do this. Um, but I, once I got to like the second month and I basically or third month or whatever it was, then I finally, you know, would come back came yeah. out with it and said, this is my intention, you know, to do a video every single day for a year um, and was able to do it. And um, once you sort of put that, put that out there, in the universe, it's real. It's not manufactured in your head as a goal, but it's like it's a gut, a visceral response within you. Then the universe sort of takes over in a way, and um, you feel accountable to it because it was your choice. And so that's what uh, that's what happened there. Yeah, I suppose uh, you talked about so a lot of it comes from the inner place, well, the content you put out or uh, the, the daily speeches. But uh, was there anyone kind of uh, throughout your life who kind of influenced you? In terms of uh, this this line of thinking, or like shaped your philosophy about uh, about life in general. Yeah, absolutely. I had um, you know a few few mentors in my life who came into my life who uh, definitely downloaded a lot of information to me in terms of mindset. Um, and uh, my my family, obviously, my uh, my parents, my sister, uh, they're very in, enlightened, um, uh, a high wavelength kind of thing, and. Uh, Every conversation is sort of about, you know, something either philosophical or, you know, understanding the way people think or it's usually not any of the surface level stuff that a lot of people come um, come up with. So um, it's just whether it's uh, in, in your genes, hereditary kind of thing. I, I've got different views on, on that in terms of the soul's manifestation of itself kind of thing. But um, essentially... Uh, in terms of like virtual mentors, yeah, Tony Robbins was a huge inspiration for me. Uh, 
I think that he, I, th- I think he's the, hands down the best speaker on the planet. But yeah. when when he speaks, there's very little. That I, I'm a I'm a truth seeker, right? So it's all for all for for me. It's always about finding the wisdom in the universe and then being able to impart that. And for with Tony, the least amount of manipulation has to be done with what he says. That it's just there's so much truth in what he's what he's saying, and there's there's uh, wisdom is power, power is wisdom kind of thing. So he just um, he just gets it, you know, uh, a lot of, a lot of the stuff, and is able to unlock something within within people and articulate it in a way that not many other people can. So that's always been a big inspiration of mine. Um, yeah. Uh, that was a very interesting answer there. Um, I suppose that kind of touched on another point about uh, being a master and some, or trying to master something, a discipline, rather than just dabbling in it. I know you talk a bit about that. Uh, in your own personal experience, what, 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 have you, what do you think the importance of that is, that going kind of all chips all in, kind of on on one thing or uh, instead of just dabbling around and a lot of different things at the same time um yeah so you know what this is how the the classic focus on the few or focus on the men, many kind of thing um yeah. i think you have to be a, a master in, in a in a profession whatever that is um but sometimes that's fuzzy in terms of what profession that is or sometimes it's much deeper than what you think it is so there's something, you know, usually surface level that you could get into and call your, yourself a certain type of profession. Let's say that it is like a, um, a motivational speaker in Tony Robbins case, for instance, but then he would never want to be called. He doesn't really want to be called by the outside world that he's a motivational speaker. Right. So it's much, much more complex than that. Right. So that he, he, you, you view, because what people like to do is place you in a category that you are this, you know, um, when you're, you're much deeper than that as, as a person kind of thing, especially when you, you know, you really get to know them and peel the layer, uh, by layer of the onion. Um, so for him, it's more about the, the, the real understanding, the, the middle branch of the tree is just influence communication for him. Right. Uh, right. and that could span, that spans throughout businesses and being a serial entrepreneur, he communicates a message throughout his organization and so forth. Right. So it's an understanding what that real concept is within you. Um, and that differs for some people, for some people, it might just be that they're a chef and they own, you know, one restaurant for 30 years for other people. It might mean that they are Mark Cuban and they are on, you know, uh, doing shark tank and they own, the, the Dallas Mavericks and they own, you know, 1200 other businesses and they're investor and they're doing all this kind of stuff. Right. So to, to tell him for, I mean, he would say he wants people in terms of who he invests in businesses that they're focused on that only that one thing. But if you told him, why don't you just focus on the Dallas Mavericks kind of thing, you know, there would be resistance there. Right. So everybody's got a different purpose. Um, bottom line. And it's an understanding what that purpose is within you. And for some people, it's going to be focused on one thing for the rest of your life. And for other people, it's going to be, you know, you're Daniel Ballou and you've got to own multiple restaurants in um, all over the world. And you're not you're not going to be satisfied by just owning one shop for 30 years. Well, that was a very, very comprehensive answer. Yeah, no, that's, that was very interesting. Uh, the difference between the two, I suppose. And 
necessarily thought, thought about it that way. Um, I'll just move on to one final long question and we'll, we'll move on to a few quick fire questions. Yes. I know you're, you're a busy man. So um, so probably my last uh, kind of question is, uh, as you are very busy, um, you, you're involved in a lot of different things. How do you go about allocating your time or priori- prioritising different things and setting up your day uh, to ensure that you're focused on the things that are most important? Yeah, um, okay, great, great question. So every day um, changes for me in terms of trying to improve it, improve the schedule or so forth. There there have been many times in my life where I've had certain schedules and then realized this wasn't working out or it didn't, it didn't um, benefit me or it wasn't, you know, didn't fulfill me in terms of my soul's desire. I think that it's a constant game of changing, changing up and trying to, uh, micro tune it in terms of getting it actually perfect so that you can hyperproductive. That game never ends, I think. Um, yeah. But basically, uh, what I'm really focused on now is sort of creating different like vessels um, so that I I I don't have to think so much about what I have to do during that hour or during that day. So I specific days reserved for certain things. So for instance, like when I coach clients, it's on certain days, you know what I mean? When I focus Mm -hmm. on muscle prodigy, it's at a certain time block. When I focus on uh, some of my other companies, you know, it's at a certain time block uh, every single day. Um, And I think that's the uh, more, more in line with truth in terms of how you got to structure it in a way. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's very helpful. Um, I suppose, yeah, it's, a lot of people just kind of do bits and bobs, like mesh everything into the one day and do a bit of, bit of this, bit of that, bit of that. Whereas you, you kind of like split everything up into specific days, which is uh, something that can be very, very useful. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, but it, it it comes back to results, and again, attacking the source of stress, right? So if you're staying, if you're staying fixated on a routine just because you're on a routine, but you're not getting the results that you actually want, you're going to feel unfulfilled. So it's a matter of tweaking that routine and that's going to vary week to week based on where your stress is um you know based on what the and that's you know however you want to define stress or whatnot the thing that you want to improve the one thing that you want to fix in your life whatever it is maybe it's communication maybe it's your relationship maybe it's your you got to spend more time there than you normally did last week kind of thing so that means altering your schedule so it means it means planning um and usually the best plans are not when you do it um, just first thing in the morning kind of thing or when you get to the office. Go do it the night before kind of thing and uh, plot it out. Or uh, also Mondays, you know, Sunday nights is a great, great routine of what what do you want to accomplish during the week. So um, listing out. And the more simple you keep it in terms of I need to accomplish these three things today as opposed to I have – you know, 24 tasks to do, it, it yeah. is, is going to be a huge, huge service to you. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I know when you have a lot of a lot of things on your to-do list, it can be very overwhelming come the end of the day <clears throat> if you haven't achieved a lot of them. Um, so I'll just move on to a few uh, quick fire questions before I let you go. Um, so what, what are a couple of ways that, uh, best ways that people can improve themselves? Uh, maybe it's habits that they implement. Yeah, so um, it's it's 
And I guess the, the number one thing is first change your body kind of thing. So physiology, um, get, get into the gym, for instance, and start making that a routine. Um, also to shift your subconscious question, like we talked about in terms of identifying what that is, how you view the world. Uh, there's something that you're basically referring to with every moment when somebody says something, you're, you're constantly reframing it through that lens and it's a matter of shifting it actively. And then eventually you get to, um, I'll give you an example for me. It was, uh, to start out, it was sort of what's, what's wrong, that classic, what's wrong with the world, what's wrong with me kind of thing. Why me, um, to then shift it to how, um, how, how first before I was able to shift it to how can I do the right thing? It was, will this benefit me? But the, the only problem with that usually, because once you shift this, you'll notice how all your, all your habits kind of change because you're aligned with a real vision of who you are, right? That's ultimately what it is. Without a vision, you'll perish, right? You know that quote. So it was, will, will this benefit me? And will this benefit me will be me coming home from a long day of, of, of the office and uh, going to the gym. And then I've got, let's say I've got laundry to do and I got to clean, clean, um, clean around the house and clean the dishes, right? Let's say this scenario. If I'm thinking from the frame of, will this benefit me? The first thing I'm going to think of is, well, if I got to stay up to do this, I'm going to deplete my energy. I'm going to be tired, right? Until you shift it to how do I do the right thing? Now it doesn't matter. You'll get energy because you're, that's your frame in which you're viewing the world is that you get more energy based on if you do the right thing. Uh, and now what my, my main focus is, is uh, how do I do the right thing and gain pleasure from it? That's sort of my subconscious question that I uh, operate by to uh, view the world as sort of a, um, again, one force, everything in the world is working for you, not against you. How do you extract the positive or the meaning behind what's happening, the lesson, and uh, you're going to do just fine in life. That was another, another great answer there. I, I know I've gotten a lot out of this conversation. I'm sure everyone listening has as well. Um, just a couple more questions here. So uh, what, who are a couple of, pe- couple of people uh, that can be alive or dead that you'd like to have dinner with? Alive or dead? Yeah. Who I like that? This is a very tough question. It's not so such a quick fire question. The dead one, I think, is harder. But um, live or dead? So a few people. Uh, Albert Einstein is definitely one of them. Um, Tony Robbins is an, is another one. Um, Nikola Tesla and um, certain presidents like George Washington, for instance, probably. Um, and also biblical figures like Moses, for instance. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a, a good answer. It's a, it's a tough question putting you on the spot uh, for that one, but a uh, good answer. Yeah, we've had some strange answers so far the last couple of episodes. But, yeah. um, so are there any books that you'd recommend a lot to people? Um, you know, they could be from any genre, uh, fiction, nonfiction or whatever. Um, if maybe you had two or three books yeah, absolutely. So uh, a great starter is Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill, classic self-help book. Outwitting the Devil, I think, is uh, really phenomenal. Uh, if you're interested in more communication and influence, 
How to Win Friends and Influence People is a uh, a classic. Warren Buffett's Management Secrets, I think, is um, a stronger take on that in a way. Uh, more new new age kind of techniques. I hope you get my my book, Cracking Cracking the Code. <laughs> um, hopefully, that's a uh, a good list to start out with. So, so just as a brief aside, what's the best way people can can get your your book? Is it through your website? You can you can get actually a free copy, can you? Yeah, yeah. You could hop on hop on JarrettGrossman dot com right now. Limited time offer. We're we're uh, doing a promotion for uh, basically free plus shipping. So basically, all you got to do is pay for shipping and uh, hop on there quick though, because it's not it's not going to be lasting for too long. <laughs> yeah, you don't be it'll cost you an arm and a leg if you're. You're uh, had to avail that offer for hundreds of people now, um. So yeah, no, definitely go and check that out. Um. So just the uh, last last couple of questions here. So, uh, is there any advice you tell your younger self? Uh, I suppose maybe when you're uh, leaving leaving university or going into university, whichever whichever you prefer. Yeah. Um. To trust, trust your gut, trust your intuition, uh, follow your heart, all that kind of stuff. Um, to realize that everything is, you know, working for you, not against you. Um, find the divinity in everything. You know, don't uh, don't have uh, cynicism up. Don't have your ego up. Um, uh, and work, work harder. Work. Uh, smarter right uh find what other people do well and reverse engineer it and um respect it even when you um you think that there's a flaw there uh extract the useful uh and discard the useless so but always try to look for that useful even in the flaw don't have your your cynical attitude up Oh, powerful advice there. So our last uh, question, quick fire question here is, uh, what are a few common attributes you've noticed that uh, a lot of successful people possess? Um, a lot of successful people, what they, what they have the common, the common, uh, Yeah. So, uh, I talk about this in, in the book, cracking, cracking the code. Um, the, the main thing that I, I've discovered uh, through all my studies and working with clients is that in order to gain the power for the thing, Nikola Tesla talked about this. He said that all, all, uh, strength, inspiration and, and knowledge and power all comes from a source, you know? So when you think, think of God, when you think of infinite intelligence or whatnot, uh, are, are we really controlling everything that goes on in our life or, are you know, are things more fate oriented and divine or whatnot. Right. So this is a classic, you know, debate kind of thing. The matrix mm -hmm. has a great, you know, scene. And that, that movie is all about basically that, that kind of concept in a way is uh, predeterminism fate. Um, the girl and Neo are talking uh, about the spoon. And the girl is basically telling Neo, you know, don't try to bend the spoon. That's impossible. Only realize the truth. There is no spoon. And the only thing um, that has to bend is you, basically. Right? And and anytime you're trying to change something on the external world, it it, um, it, it usually doesn't work. It, what, what, what has to change is 
within you and you have to be better, right? So these people are constantly obsessed with being better and, and finding a higher form of themselves in, in, in a future version of themselves, essentially. Like Matthew McConaughey put in that speech, my hero is always the 10-year version of myself kind of thing. And uh, I'll never beat my hero or be my hero kind of thing, right? So it's, it's connecting to that there's, there's perfection within you and there's better, Right. So that that's the commonality. But the, the real root of it is that um, you have to recognize the qualities usually in other people first before you'll ever get the power for it. Uh, and you need to respect it. Your heart needs to be there and it needs to be one of a loving frequency, not a um, fear frequency or um disrespect or arrogance or um, jealousy or envy or greed. That's the one thing um, that, that one common trait throughout everybody, if I could break it down to its absolute smallest form. Yeah, that's a very insightful uh, response. You know, it's a, a different way of looking at it as well, rather than kind of like the usual kind of insights you'd see. So no, that's very, very interesting answer. So uh, just before we go, is there any last words or parting advice you'd like to leave listeners with? Yeah, stay hungry, stay foolish. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, so, uh, you know, life life is a, a journey, not necessarily the destination. Again, uh, it's all about here, – here's, here's a, um, the understanding that you have to live with. In order – know that nothing in life will ever be perfect. But in order to attain the goal – the, the mission has to be perfection. Uh, and, and that's the only way that you can ever attain the goal. Um, but it's in loving that process of um, the divinity within you, uh, within the environment, within uh, the experience, within the moment, to always extract the useful, to be willing to take on the burden, to take on the stress. You're just processing it wrong. Um, and that's what a leader does, you know? That's the, you got to make hard decisions. You got to make tough decisions. Um, and, you know, follow your heart throughout, throughout it all and listen to a, uh, inner guiding voice, uh, that that's leading you to, again, extract the useful, which is basically to get to the source, which is love, right. To, to find, to find, uh, within your heart, the real reasons behind what's, what's actually going on. Not, not, not proving a point or trying to be right. That's just ego. Well, that's a perfect way to, to end the podcast there. So, uh, where's the best place that people can find out more about you? JarrettGrossman.com. My name is spelled a little differently: J A R E T and G R O S S M A N. Uh, you could also follow me on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Jarrett Grossman, and uh, I put out a lot of content like this mindset success and uh everything in between yeah no i definitely recommend anyone listening to to check out you know i initially was on his youtube just subscribe but then i found out his instagram and facebook these platforms you know it's not the same content rehashed it's all like original content so i'd highly recommend you checking out all his stuff in his book and his uh his uh, academy as well. So um, thanks man, for coming on. I know you're extremely busy, so I'm going to let you go now, Jarrett. Uh, been a take care. <laughs> you have a good, you have a good energy about you. you know? Oh, so. thanks. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate it. All right, thanks again. 
Thanks for listening to episode three of the Turning Point Show podcast with your host Andrew O'Malley and guest Jared Grossman. You know, Jared's a really deep, insightful human being, so he's got a lot of interesting outlooks on life and he probably takes a bit of a unique approach to things. So I know there's a lot of lot of value in there for myself and hopefully you found this episode useful. Once again, thanks to everyone who listened, subscribed, gave it a rating on iTunes, etc. Uh, really appreciate it. We're back here every Thursday with a new episode, so until then, take care.